Welcome to Kindred Voices, brought to you by Pennsylvania Kim Connector. Kindred Voices is a podcast dedicated to helping kinship families throughout Pennsylvania. I'm your co-host, Tia Maria. And I'm your co-host, Andrea. Okay, Tia Maria, let's bring on our special guest for this episode. Thanks, Andrea. Today, we would like to welcome a really special guest, attorney Janine Dunlap-Kaya. She is the program director for Pursuing Justice for Grandparents Raising Grandchildren in Pennsylvania. Welcome to the podcast, Janine. Thank you so much for having me. So let's jump right into it. Uh, I know our listeners will be thrilled to have an attorney be on the show because that's kind of a big area that we get uh, questions or we get requests for assist. So that's why we're so excited to have you. So to begin, tell us a little bit about your program and what you do. Sure. Um, the project, really exciting project, the Senior Law Center, um, again, is to pursuing justice uh, for grandparents raising grandchildren in Pennsylvania. And as the title um, uh, suggests, it's focused on kinship caregivers or you know, multi-generational families. Basically when um, an older adult, often a grandparent or great-grandparent um, has to take on the role of caring for minor children due to the absence of the biological parent. So that is the focus of the program. And uh, because the uh, funding was written back in 2019, and I know in face of COVID, it probably seems far back in people's minds. But at the time, it was actually um, having the opioid crisis um, was in mind because that, um, especially in Pennsylvania and especially in the counties, uh, the project is um, focused on, which is Philadelphia, Allegheny, and Dauphin counties, the opioid uh, epidemic, very, very, um, you know, hard hit. And that definitely led to the in increased um, um, instance of biological parents being unavailable due to the opioid you know, dependency. So that being said, the project, um, I just gave a bit on the geographic areas and the focus um, for the project. But overall, we know that older caregivers are already faced with many challenges and navigating the court system is, is not easy for anyone, but especially if you're older, especially if you don't have technology at hand, um, especially if you have any type of mobility issue, um, health issue, it just compounds it. And when you're trying to navigate um, the legal system and you don't have assistance, it can really become a very daunting so we certainly, um, with this project, want to get the word out about all of our services. So more of our most vulnerable, really, more of our most vulnerable community, which are older adults um, caring for young children, um, have access to be able to you know, get the relief and the services that they need. So do you provide these services to all of Pennsylvania or you are in a limited geography? So we um, provide statewide legal assistance and that would be through our Pennsylvania Senior Law Helpline. Okay. So through our helpline services, we're able to provide services across the state. Um, and that's up to, um, you know, brief services statewide, meaning we don't do direct representation as in going to court with people and around the whole state, of course, that would be hard, but uh, we can do um, all the way through brief services, such as, you know, um, getting documents drafted for you, negotiating with third parties, negotiating settlements, you know, things like that. We can do that. And of course, probably um, one of the things I find to be most helpful, we have a very robust program to help people represent themselves if it turns out that, you know, they're not able to secure legal representation, you know, elsewhere, if you're not within the counties we serve. As far as direct representation, that would be in the Southeastern PA region. So that's the uh, Philadelphia um, County and depending on the particular matter, that would be Delaware County, Bucks, Chester, and 
and we're missing Montgomery. Those are the counties we have the actual, you know, court level of representation. And is it at a reduced rate or a sliding scale? Because, you know, when we talk to people who are calling us, one of the biggest challenges that they have is, you know, how much attorneys cost. Yeah, well, I'm super proud um, to be a part of this organization because, for one, we are an independent, uh, nonprofit legal aid organization. So all of our services are services are absolutely for free. Um, so that's, um, of course, we know what the demographic of our, you know, key, um, you know, clients. They are typically low income, typically poverty or deep poverty. So for sure, we, we don't have any financial um, need or obligation on behalf of the client. But the second step, um, which makes it um, even sweeter, is that we do not have a means test. Um, a lot of legal aid organizations, you have to meet, you know, 100 you know, percent of poverty level, 200%, whatever it is. We have no means test because um, we are independently funded our um, funds have less restrictions. So we're able to help you as long as you are 60 or older because of COVID, if you're even near 60, uh, we'll, we can dip a little bit. We're trying to be accommodating. Okay. Um, but if you're 60 or older and a Pennsylvania resident, that is the only criteria to receive our services, which again are absolutely free. Okay. That is pretty awesome. <laughs> so one of the questions that uh, we have in terms of, you know, making the path a little bit easier for these um, kinship caregivers is what should they expect from attorneys if they get legal representation? So I will try to make this as brief as possible because boy, that could be a long question, but I will say what they can expect um, across the board, regardless of their geographic location, because that plays into it, um, they will have, um, they will be, I'm sorry, they will have free um, advice and counsel, couldn't get that out of my brain, free advice and counsel um, at the very, you know, um, least, um, which is also, you know, very helpful as, um, you know, Often people will call with a question and sometimes once an attorney lets you know, hey, that actually isn't a legal problem, you know, <laughs> or actually, you know, you know, um, you know, we can actually get, uh, solve it this way or that way. So um, don't discount um, the ability for advice and counsel because a lot of times things at that very level and, and, on, and, you know, even if it's from the side of, I'm so sorry, we can't help you because what you're talking about, just the law doesn't support what it is you're trying to do. Mm -hmm. um, so that's that's like first step. And then our next level of services, um, I mentioned a bit, was brief services. Again, this is available to anyone across the state. This is very helpful. Um, you know, if you are GRG, being grandparents raising grandchildren, um, you may um, have an issue involving the custody of the child, family court, that very well may be the issue. But you know, you also can have a myriad of other issues. Um, just because you're a GRG, you could have a housing issue or an issue regarding um, consumer protection or debt collection or, you know, whatever, benefits. So um, you would still be funneled to us because of your status of, have, of being a, you know, a GRG or kinship caregiver. But if there's an issue regard, like for example, I'm thinking of a case, someone had a contract dispute with, uh, with Rena Center. And we negotiated that. Yeah, we negotiated that and got that all settled. And that was all through writing letters and phone calls. That was a brief service and we resolved their issue. Um, you know, so just to give a concrete example, um, you know, we can do that for anyone around the state. Um, and then the highest level, which is the direct rep or extended rep that we call, that is the going to court and litigating your issue. And again, because that requires our physical being, even though it's COVID time now, but still um, just thinking general, going to court physically, of course, um, we 
can't do that in 67 counties because um, we're based in just Southeast PA, but we offer that level service in that, in that area. Okay, that's good to know. I didn't realize that your scope was beyond just, you know, family matters or custody. I didn't realize that you helped beyond that. That's great. Yeah, oh, I, yes. I refer people often to the senior law helpline, not realizing that you provide that large of a scope. So thank you for sharing that with us. Oh, yes. The, um, um, the senior law center is a large organization that covers many, 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 many practice areas. I am one cog. <laughs> I am one piece. My project is one of many projects. Um, and because my project is actually brand new, I'm the newest, youngest, and smallest project, really. And even with all that we do, um, the organization is over 40 years old. So they have huge victim services, huge human human um, homeowners, I'm trying to say homeownership rights, um, landlord tenants, um, they have huge practice areas. I'm the newest, the baby of the group. And um, yeah, so my, my practice, we're actually, I'm developing it. So please, anyone 60 and older, come our way, come our way. <laughs> Great. Now, I, I, do, I just do have to ask this question because, you know, a lot of our grandparents are, you know, over 60, but a number of them are in their 40, you know, maybe 45, early 50s. Is there any move to expand the age range? Uh, just because it's so heartbreaking when we know that that service is available, but oh, you're 50, so gee, you don't qualify. Yes. Um... So unfortunately, that is something that's tied um, to the OAA, that's the Older Americans Act, and it's a you know, federal statute that mm -hmm. governs elder justice and elder law. And in that statute, the age to be considered giving services to, um, or elder services, elder justice, I'm trying to say, is 60. And okay. frankly, there are people who are offended at that, okay? <laughs> from the standpoint of like, I'm not old. You mean they're going the other way, right? Oh, right. <laughs> like 60's yeah. the new 50, right? And they're like 60, that's that's young, you know, that's young now. Right. Um, so, right. and we say, no, 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 we're not saying you're a senior, it's not us. You know, we have to do it the other way. It's, just, it's um. the government. <laughs> you're sassy, I know, you know, like. <laughs> right. Yes. Yeah, well, so. I mean, listen, as soon as you get that AARP card, because I've gotten it, uh, you know, okay, I'm, everybody else thinks I'm old, even though I don't think I'm old. Um, yeah. yeah but I'm sorry. So unfortunately, yes, we get that. So we do, um, we do our best. Um, we, you know, we do get those calls, um, you know, um, and we certainly do all we can. We connect. We have really great relationships and partnerships. Um, with our fellow, you know, legal aid organizations, or if it's an issue regarding supportive services, let's say. So we certainly, we don't hang up the phone on you if you call us in your 50 or 55. Right. Um, we like to do what we call a warm handoff, um, meaning that we will ourselves find um, the um, agency or organization that can help you. And we will, we will literally connect you. We don't even just give you a phone number. Um, so that's a, a something else I'm proud of our practice. Um, I'm sure if any of the listeners, if you've called an organization and they say, okay, well here, you can try them, you can try them, you can, people get frustrated. They don't want to keep calling around, right? Yeah, or you right. keep directing me to another place. And um, what we, again, our term is our warm handoff. If I know that one of our brother or sister organizations can help you, I say, I get your information and then we contact the organization, we get the name of the person. Okay, Susie over there, I have someone to connect you to and we connect you. So you're not feeling that you're just being pushed back into the universe. So we will even do that even though we can't give you the services. Okay, great, thank you. So when a grandparent or a kinship caregiver is ready to reach out to an attorney who's going to provide all the, you know, the three different levels of service that you talked about. 
what's the most important thing that they can do to assist the attorney to sort of make whatever the attorney attorney is doing for them easier? Um, that's a really great question. Oh my goodness. I almost want to just encapsulate this and put this on the billboard. It's very, <laughs> very helpful. Um, one thing would be helpful um, before you call. And again, the helpline is our biggest um, inroads for intake, but because of COVID, of course, it's like our only um, road for intake right now. If I have a chance later, we'll talk about a couple of more exciting intake modules we have coming coming starting in January, where right now it's the phone. Um, and one thing would be helpful is if you have any documentation that pertains to your case, have it in front of you. Mm. Because um, very um, simple questions, or at least simple to us, are things like, oh, you have custody since when? <laughs> or, you know, did someone, okay. you know, um, you know, the child's been, you know, having uh, a whatever type of service and you need it to be continued say in school. Well, since when, or did they have an IEP or when did such and such pass away or whatever. And it, it can um, definitely make the process a little smoother if you're able to readily reach for this type of information and make a little crib sheet for yourself. Um, you know, basic information like the names and birth dates of the people you're calling about. You can get other social, that even better. But names and birth dates, at least. Um, have addresses. You know, if you're calling us and you're saying, I need to keep my grandkids because, you know, my son or my daughter, they're, you know, they're having a tough time right now and, and it's not safe for them to have the kids. What is their address? What is their last known address? You know, these are things we would need because it's important to be able to give you the best um, you know, advice or counsel, and it may sound small, but it makes a big difference, like the county you're in, or a big difference if you have an order or not, and is it from dependency court, is it from DR, all these things make a difference, so if you can just have that key information in your hands, that would definitely um, cut down, because often what will happen is, um, you know, once you call us and then you have to get an intake process and then you have to be scheduled with an attorney. Now, maybe three calls in, right? You're finally right. at the attorney and then we got to set up another time because you don't have this information for me. And then now we have to make another another day for me to figure out what we can or can't do. So that, that I would say is the biggest point. Have the information at hand. Great. So... Based on that, when we make referrals to you, it, it would be helpful if we let our callers know that here are the things that you should have ready when you call the senior law center or when you call, you know, grandparents raising justice for, pursuing justice for grandparents raising grandparents. <laughs> yes, absolutely. That would be very helpful. Okay, great. And then, so what's the flip side of that is, what are some of the things that caregivers do to make servicing them more challenging? Um, well, besides what I just talked about, you know, just not having the information at, at hand. So it, it, you know, causes us to have to touch back a few more times to even get the basic, you know, information. Um, another one would be, um, not keeping us abreast of any developments or changes in the situation mm. as well. Um, not only with the actual legal issue, but even something, um, again, as simple as their contact information. Um, you know, the court will call us and we need to contact you. And it turns out your number is no longer the same. Um, or we've sent you a bunch of information, but you didn't tell us that you actually moved. Right. Um, and things like that. So, I mean, it, um, it, I like to say these are things that are um, minor in um, effort to change like with us, but it makes a big impact when you're trying to, you know, move, you know, through the different channels. Again, we're a nonprofit organization like every other nonprofit. You know, we have more people, uh, you know, that need help that we really can, but we stretch ourselves. So when you're adding to, you know, not being able to get you the information because we didn't know that you moved or can't reach you or whatever it is. It just adds to it. Um, I will say that um, 
that's probably that's probably the the two things. Oh, I'm sorry, I just touched on it, but if you can imagine also um, just double back about any developing changes in the actual case. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we we did our if you if we take you on as a client, you know, we're all set to go, we've done whatever, we're waiting for a court date, you know, court. I mean, this is for example, has happened. Now, mind you, you've hired us to represent you in the custody matter regarding your grandchild and we're prepping for court, you know, um, again, a few days later um, for anyone who doesn't understand, um, specifically in Philadelphia, from the day that you get a court date to the actual date is many months away, right? So Um, my point is like, you know, if you file for a court date, the court date is months away. So that being said, we're not talking to you all this time, you know, we gotten the information, we have our court date. And if your court date's in four months, and we're basically touching back with you closer to your court date about, you know, three to four weeks ahead. Yeah. Hey, what's going on? Just to check in. There's nothing for me to do in between. And then, you know, we're checking in and you're like, oh, well, you know what? I gave him back to his mother anyway. <laughs> you know, like something like that. And we're oh. like, so i'm being lighthearted on purpose but for example you know you let us know you know so we no longer even have this case anymore that we need to do so yeah but oh i will say those are things that the caregiver can get can do but we certainly understand there's other challenges especially with covid that are beyond the control of our clients and you know we definitely um, stretch and expand and are flexible as much as we can, including things like I've gone into the office to meet with clients and things like that to do hearings in our office because of their, you know, technology limitation or things mm-hmm. like that. So right. I will say in general, there are some challenging things dealing with this demographic in COVID times, particularly. Um, not that that's on them, but just since you're talking about challenges, I figure I throw them all out there. <laughs> All right. Um, so now I'm going to thank you for answering those questions. Now I'm going to turn you over to Andrea. So I know you um, touched on this a little bit because your program is free um, to caregivers, but what are some options that are available to caregivers if they can't afford a lawyer in general? And, you know, maybe if they're outside of your service area. Yeah, sure. There's still, um, we definitely try to capture as many as we can, but um, for a variety of reasons, it could be they're conflicted out or whatever. There could be reasons why we can't take them on for representation. Um, That being said, um, we have a a resource guide. Um, Again, through our project, we're making it, um, you know, even more robust and actually with our good friends at King Connector, that statewide, you know, resource referral guide, um, you know, um, to, uh, you know, are re- relying on them as well to um, make sure our, our information is as up to date as theirs and things like that, because there's a lot, a lot of information and, and the, the state is large. Um, but we have um, a guide that's broken out by county. And if wherever you're calling us from, if for whatever reason, we can't um, accommodate you, we have um, the information to connect you, whether it's another legal aid organization, if you need, or each county of course has their um, law referral information service. And it depends on the county, um, but oh my gosh, I don't wanna misstate. Don't, I believe it's Montgomery that I'm, for example, even the law referral information service has um, typically, there's a fee involved, but I believe, for example, Montgomery County, they specifically have like a pro bono version of that, meaning they have lawyers whom through their service will do for free or the sliding scale or things like that. Again, if it's not Monco, if I'm thinking of it wrong, but I think I have it right. But that's, for example, so each county has their own thing. Um, so we would definitely connect you there. Um, and then um, also what we have, um, again, I plug up my project. Um, a big part of the project is building capacity of pro bono volunteer attorneys. So we are building this um, army, as you will, of pro bono volunteers, whereas even if we can't handle it in-house, what happens is we 
have an attorney or core of attorneys that have agreed to take these cases on pro bono, and therefore we, we're supervising, but we have a pro bono, external pro bono uh, attorney that we would connect you with. And that's basically really the gold medal. You know, it's a multi-year grant. That's the gold medal of the grant is having that built capacity. So if we can't do it, whatever other legal aid can't do it, we have a pro bono attorney that we can connect you with. So that sounds like a great project that's going to help so many in the future um, after you, you know, have it fully developed. So that's really exciting to hear about. Um, you also talked earlier a little bit about um, that self-representation piece. So what advice would you give to kinship caregivers who have to represent themselves in court? Yes, thank you so much, Andrea. Um, I, I forgot I said that. Yes, I'm very proud <laughs> of our, um, I, I always want to come up with some catchy name for it, um, but it's it's a very um, like extensive um, pro se representation, like, you know, module, whereas um, we um, will take you as far to the finish line before crossing it that we can. That includes, you know, ghostwriting, because that's permitted in PA. We will ghostwrite your documents, like your complaints, your motions, whatever. We, you, it will arrive to you needing your signature and a date. And, um, and you have basically a treatise attached with full instructions of, you know, how to serve it, where do you go? I mean, um, like, for example, I did the one myself for Delaware County. And I tell you, like, what door to walk into, what room to go to first. What, I mean, it is literally a guide. I mean, I said I should market it and sell it to new attorneys. I mean, because it's, it's, it's what you need to do um, and raise money for, the, for our project. But um, it's very, very, very detailed. So I'd like to stress that it's different than us giving you some advice. Like we are telling you how to litigate the case in detail. Um, and then, um, and of course we, like um, you're able to continue to contact us throughout the process as you need. So it's not a one and done, you got your packet. You can feel free to call me back, hey, uh, Janine, you know what? I, I serve them, you know, wh what am I supposed to do again? Or what does this mean? What does that green card mean again? You know, for the, you know, ret uh, return receipt, things like that. We're going to, we'll still talk with you. Call me the day before your hearing. Hey, okay. We've, I'm um, day before my hearing. I have written basically scripts for people before, you know, this is how you organize what you say, because it's important speaking to a judge you got to make sure you get the best points out first and, you know, stay on task. So I've, you know, this is what you open with. This is what you say. Um, these are questions you ask, you know, this kind of thing. So we really like, I, the best way to say it, if there's a line to cross, we would take you to the line. We just can't take you over it. But you are going to be the absolutely best prepped you could have possibly been. And I'm not aware of another organization that does that level of um, support for pro se litigants. Now, Janine, do you do that? Is that a limited geography or you do that for everybody across Pennsylvania? I just want to- Across, that's statewide because we're okay. not going to court with you. So yep. that would be our brief services. Great, that sounds amazing. I, I Again, I didn't know the level of support that you provided in doing that. That's wonderful. And so this is available now for oh, yes. caregivers. Mm -hmm. So what they just what would they need to do to get involved in that? So if I may, we have our um, phone numbers to reach us through our helpline, and that is 877-727-7529. That's 877-727-PA Senior Law actually, but it spells out. That's our statewide helpline. And I'll say it one more time, 877-727-7529. Again, that's our statewide helpline. And um, 
I'm sorry, you can tell me. We do have additional numbers that are broken out by county, but I don't know if we share all those. But that one number I gave is the general number that is good for anyone across the state. So they no, just call you and they say, hey, um, I can't, I know I can't afford a lawyer. I'm not, you know, in the southeastern part of PA. What, what can I, what help can I get, right? That's, that's how they can start that conversation. Yes, yes. And um, but hopefully not getting too much into weeds, but just so you know the process, um, our helpline um, is a, it's, um, you call and it's, uh, you leave a message. That's the first call. So, you know, you're leaving a message um, and the prompts, they give you a chance to self-select. So if you're calling about GRG, you, you know, push four, you know, if you're calling about landlord tenant, push two. So you're leaving a message. Um, and then your, um, the message is retrieved by each practice group. And then you're contacted um, by a person to do the intake and they're going to get all that background information and um, schedule you, you know, if you meet this, of course, the, um, the criteria, um, now the little terms escape me, basically making sure uh, eligibility, thank you, the eligibility, you know, making sure you're a PA resident, making sure you're the, the age, you know, whatever it is. So once you have to go through that screening process, then you're scheduled with an attorney. And once you speak with the attorney, they're the ones who are gonna be able to give you that, you know, legal, you know, advice, counsel, brief services, whatever it is. And if you're calling me from wherever PA, um, we will do whatever we, um, uh, whatever you need to have done as a pro se litigant, if you can't, you know, get a, a, a lawyer. Our first stop I will say is trying to connect you with an attorney, of course. Um, but if we can't, then we will, um, you know, package it and whatever you need to have done and give you ongoing continued support as long as you give us a call and let us know what you need. Cool, that sounds awesome. Tia Maria, did you have any follow-up questions? I think I might've interrupted you. Uh, you know, uh, I, I was just going to ask if she could just remind us again, um, what are the counties where you do have lawyers available? Because uh, you said you don't have it yet for all of the counties. So what are the counties that are available to, to people for, you know, the, 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 I guess the gold standard legal representation? Sure. So that's Philadelphia County. Okay. And then I, I just, I hate to be so wordy because I'm wordy anyway, but I will say for the other counties, the, the four surrounding Delaware, Monco, Chester, and Bucks, that it's a more limited scope. Um, it, I, I'll just leave it there. I don't want to get too in the weeds. So, but Philadelphia County is the one county that it doesn't matter what it is, you know, we're there. The other four surrounding counties, just because of the funding we have there, it has to meet just additional criteria. But okay. those are the counties that we have um, the extended representation available. Got it. So then it really is all the other counties, they may, they may have to do um, the option of representing themselves. Right. If we can connect them with a pro bono, you know, attorney, um, again, with the, for this particular pro project, um, it's inaugural. So, you know, um, PA has 67 counties. We can't try something 67 times yeah. at a time. So <laughs> the thing is Philadelphia, Dolphin, Allegheny, those are the three. And that was um, strategically um, chosen for their geographic area. So it's like Southeast, west and you know whatever central so that so trying to like kind of just have a little reach across the state in little pockets and what i'm what i'm talking about about that increased capacity for pro bono volunteers that is what we're what we're um going to accomplish in for example allegheny and dolphin very far away from us but through our partners the project has amazing partners such as the pennsylvania bar association such as um aarp um, in Allegheny is the uh, Allegheny County Bar Foundation. Um, just for example, we have these um, partners whom with the project, it, they are helping us 
do the outreach, do the education and build the core pro bono volunteers. So our hope is if you're calling me from Allegheny County, I'm because of the work we're doing with the project, I will have a pro bono attorney taking your case because that's what we're doing in Allegheny, Dauphin and Philly. Now, yes, if you're calling me from Westmoreland and Center and every other county, yes, if we can't, if we can't get you with a pro bono organization, then we would be supporting you with pro pro se litigation if that's what has to happen. Mm, okay. But um, you know, I will say for the project, um, it's a three-year project to begin, but the um, the hope is that with the success of the project um, in those three counties, we're able to package and replicate it. And it is something that we want to be able to replicate, like hand off to, um, um, you know, whatever the senior law center version is in, you know, Cameron County, you know, somewhere it is across the state and say, hey, we've packaged and tested and done this pro, uh, program. And if you want to expand services and increase capacity for proponent volunteers, we've packaged this for you and we can just support them through that. So, but that is like, you know, when you have those um, years and years out, um, you know, like uh, goals and projections, mm -hmm. that's there, but we'll see. Our mouths to God's ear. <laughs> right, right, right. Well, we hope to do that. <laughs> So what are some of the pros and cons of um, caregivers representing themselves or doing it pro se? Sure, um, I'll start with the cons, if I may. Um, it's without knowing or having the, um, pardon me, without having the knowledge of, you know, litigation practice, let's say, um, it's, knowing what is most impactful to share um, in court with the judge to achieve the result you want. Unfortunately, uh, without, you know, when you're a layperson, you're thinking it's conversational and you are starting with, you know, the Adam and Eve version of your story, the literal beginning of the world. And it's like, that's just not how it goes. You know, you can't start with, you know, the big bang, you got to start with where are we here today? And just so to give that concrete example of just knowing how to frame um, your argument and in a coherent, coherent and cohesive way that the listener, i.e. whether it's a judge or a master, the fact finder, let's say, is able to absorb and, you know, give you the best chance to, you know, get the result that you want. Um, I, it breaks my heart when people respond with, I didn't, I, I didn't even get a chance to say what I wanted to say. I didn't even, I didn't get a chance to speak. I, I didn't feel like, you know, they felt like they weren't heard. And, um, and I can tell you as a practitioner, you know, we can <laughs> say the same thing sometimes depending on the judge and the venue and the time of day. Um, so it's, that being said, we know it's important, um, really important um, to, um, um, to get a judge or a master's interest in their ear to you as soon as possible with important, pertinent, relevant information. When you start going off to the left, then now you're losing them. They're the audience. Now you're losing them and they're going to be less receptive to keep giving you more opportunities to speak. So mm -hmm. that is, that's a con. Um, and again, it's just, it's, it's just for anyone, you know, if you're not, a, uh, if you're not used to being in the courtroom, then you just don't know the best way to, to, to do that. It's a skill. Um, but the, um, the pro is, um, being that you're not an attorney, that often, depending on the situation, can actually be even more favorable to you. I'll tell you why. Because you don't have an attorney, again, depending on the judge and the venue, you could actually get way more leniency and rope in a lot of ways because they're like, oh, you don't know. And I, let me tell you, I've been doing this over a decade. Um, I not to have hubris, but I'm very good at what I do. I'm very good in court. And I have been totally, you know, taken to task 
by a pro se litigant because the judge goes, stop, 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 counselor. Okay, miss. Now, what did you want to talk? <laughs> okay. When for a fact that that was an attorney, there's no way. But I have sit there like, oh my gosh. And they're like, oh, come on, counselor. You know, she doesn't know. Or you know, he does. just go ahead. Now, what did you say? What did you say, mm. sir? And they're getting all the bread and butter. I know it is true. So sometimes um, it's better that you're not represented because you're, you're more sympathetic and they, you know, have more patience for you. You can do a hundred things wrong. And they're like, you don't know. I can do a half a thing wrong. And they're like, <laughs> you know, better counselor, you know, that kind of thing. So the standard or the expectation is different. So I always tell people, use it use it, use that to your advantage. Um, doing the, you know, I'm just doing the best I can judge goes a long way, you know, just doing the best I can. I don't know. You know, I don't know, you know, right. They suck it up. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, obviously I'm not in your, in your field, but one of the things that I also see, I, I think is probably, uh, a pro of them representing themselves is, you know, being able to do it in a court of law to me is like, again, is like the pinnacle of being able to advocate for yourself, right? To advocate for the children that you're taking care of. And we feel like uh, for Ken Connectors, we really feel like one of our responsibilities is to actually help people learn to advocate for themselves. Um, in other areas as well. So I see that as, you know, maybe, you know, it's a, as a, with a lot of things, the more you practice, the more, the better you get at something. So if you're advocating in the court and maybe you have to advocate, I don't know, with county assistance or whatever, you're, you're, you're honing your muscles to be able to be a really good advocate for yourself and the children in your care. 100% agree. Yes, definitely. So what are the most beneficial characteristics of kinship caregivers who have successfully received custody of their children or have adopted them? Um, <clears throat> another great question. Um, I definitely would say um, exuding, again, the audience being the court, the judge, the master, exuding things such as confidence in your ability to care for the children, um, inherent um, to a lot of people um, is this idea that you're older, that you're somehow in a more frail or feeble state by nature just because of your age. Mm -hmm. And you're talking about you want to run behind a six-year-old or a 16-year-old. I mean, frankly, those two ages are about the same. Um, <laughs> teenager <laughs> or six-year-old because we got it all and I myself have a six-year-old lord knows um so in you know you 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 want to from the from the bat you don't want to give any indication that there's some sort of um ambivalence about your ability or commitment because all people are going to say is well you're not going to get any younger as the days goes on the 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 kids are going to get older and so are you. So you don't want to, again, um, you know, give any, um, you know, indication that whatever it is you're fighting for today is on, you know, you know, follow ground because, you know, you may not be able to do it tomorrow, you know, that kind of thing. So definitely um, the successful ones are, you know, they're exuding confidence, they're exuding conviction, um, you know, and they have very clear plans. Um, don't have the, well, they're just my grandkids. You know, I love them. No, like, oh, because, because I'm retired um, and this is their school schedule. I know they can get to school and I know I can get their homework done because I'm back from a senior senior. Have the plan. Don't just, well, I just love them. Mm -mm. Have the plan, you know, yes, I can do it. This is why I can do it. You know, this is how I'm doing it. Um, you know, just having that. Another one is organization. It's a great characteristic. Um, when um, the, the court is asking about um, needs of the child, um, it's 
as you can imagine, it's um, families who are who are dealing with being, being multi-generational by definition, the family has experienced some sort of crisis or trauma, right? Because there's no other reason why a third, a third party is taking over children. So for that point, that means neither parent is present and that's never for a wonderful reason, right? So there's some trauma, there's some crisis. Um, so that being said, um, it is not unheard of for children um, to also um, have um, some additional needs need to be met, whether it's social, emotional or behavioral, um, you know, another typical thing, ADD, ADHD, you know, whatever it is. So I'm saying that to say um, when being organized because um, that is something that the court or if there's anyone opposing you, they're gonna definitely bring up, you know, well, this child needs this kind of thing to be addressed. Um, you know, what are you doing to do that? And having that um, organized, not only about what you have been doing, um, you know, the, the IEP, whatever the counselor is saying, whatever the school record is, just having that um, organized so you're able to talk about and speak very confidently um, about the child's needs and that you're able to meet them. So, um, you know, I think those are three good examples of characteristics of successful GRGs. Yeah, that's enough. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that's true. I think they're easy to remember and they make a lot of sense. <laughs> so our final question for you, Janine, and we ask this of everyone. Um, so what are some things you do to take care of yourself? I love that question. Um, I definitely will say I'm very fortunate to work for an organization that does take, you know, self-care and things very seriously. And so that's good. So um, in, if I don't do enough of it, it's certainly not for my lack of opportunity because <laughs> they're very, you know, good proponents of that. Um, but I definitely, um, I unplug I know for me, and especially in these COVID times, um, being so tied to computer screens or any kind of screen all the time, um, you know, let's say pre-COVID, um, you know, my downtime could be, you know, social media, like mm -hmm. what's going on on Facebook, you know, playing Candy Crush, I don't know. <laughs> well, let me tell you, like, for example, for Thanksgiving, Good luck. Try. I, I responded to people's happy Thanksgiving text message. You know, you know, your group text, you're going to get a hundred of them. I responded to them like Saturday because I don't, there's no phone in my hand. I just not having anything that plugs in in front of my face is helpful. <laughs> it really is grounding and it's very renewing. And um, I can say, oh, no, you're making me have all the feels. But like over Thanksgiving, you know, me, um, my, my wife, April, two kids, um, Jacques and Renee, six and 10, we sat down and we were doing cr um, crossword puzzles together. Oh, I know, right? Trust, this was the first time we we're doing this. I was a little, a little Brady Bunch moment, but it was a blast, right? Because yeah. neither one of them had done crossword puzzles before. And it was really cool. And just explaining to my 10 year old, you know, like, He's like, you know, he's looking at me and goes, I don't know these answers. Like, this is crazy. And I'm like, no, no, no. You keep going. You find the ones you know. It gives you a hint. By the time, it was like we were having crossword Olympics in there. It was so cool. And it's just so cool to see them get so excited about something that was not electronic. Mm -hmm. um, and we just so, we played games and things like that. But that was probably one of my um, great memories from Thanksgiving, just doing the crossword puzzle palooza. But, um, but yeah, um, I would, especially we're all, I think, children of Steve Jobs, right? Like we're so plugged in. Definitely to say my self-care is unplugging, unplugging. And I love that. And it's, it's scary at first, like the first hour. And then I'm like, oh no, I haven't checked my email. <laughs> I have to go check it now, you know? So, so yeah. So thank you for the question. We all try to do that a little bit this weekend. That's awesome. I've heard of people like unplugging, maybe like, you know, it's 8 p.m. and I'm not checking my phone for the rest of the night. I'm turning it off so I can sleep. I'm 
unplugging for maybe two hours, but to not respond no. to people till Saturday, that is Riot radical almost, for a day or it. two. I'm serious. It sounds crazy. Your heart may flutter at the thought, but I promise you, I mean, if, I mean, at least for me, when you have to pick that phone up, it's like, happy Thanksgiving, happy Thanksgiving. I mean, I wish you Thanksgiving blessings, but it's like, wow, I loved just not even having to deal what wasn't right in front of me. Like I love my family right in front of me. Um, and just once you have a taste of not having to hear all the outside, tell, just try it. That's all I can say. Just try it. <laughs> Love it. We I'm excited. We'll definitely, <laughs> we'll definitely give it a shot because you know. <laughs> I was yeah. going to say, oh, well, I, I always plug off, you know, the screen when I work out, but then I realize, oh, but I use an exercise app to, you know, and I use my uh, phone for music. So I don't actually unplug when I'm right. working out. <laughs> Tia Maria, if you don't hear from me at all next week, I'm unplugging. <laughs> I'm unplugged, okay? Don't she unplugged and she forgot to come back. That's what happened. <laughs> Right. Oh, well, um, Janine, thank you so much for appearing on the program. Uh, the information you provided was really, really helpful. And the services are amazing. And we are, you know, thrilled to make referrals um, to your organization. So before we let you go, can you just tell our listeners again, how they can reach you? And we will also put all of your information in the show notes. Awesome. Um, well, again, the phone number to our PA Senior Law Helpline is 877-727-7529. And of course, you can find us on the web at seniorlawcenter.org. And if you all are plugged in on Facebook and Twitter and LinkedIn, Instagram, we are on all of those platforms as well, Senior Law Center. Terrific. Thanks again, Janine. Thank you, Janine. Thank you so much for having me. Hey, Andrea, can you tell our listeners how to reach Kin Connector? Sure, Tia Maria. Kin Connector can be reached at 1-866-546-2111 or at our website, www.com kinconnector.org. Thanks, Andrea. And we will see you guys next month.